Proverbs 31, verse 1. I'll just read a verse at a time and make some comments. The first verse, the words of King Lemuel, the oracle which his mother taught him. In this verse, it tells us that his mother taught him these words. Sometimes when people read this, they say that God or a man wrote these words, and therefore this is an unreasonable expectation of women. When actually, these are the words of King Lemuel's mother teaching Lemuel what to look for in a wife. This is his mother teaching him these words. In verses 2 to 9, she first addresses what he should be as a king, a good king. In verses 2 to 9. Uh, Verse 2, what, O my son, and what, O son of my womb, and what, O son of my vows? Here, what she's asking is, what is it that you really need to know? You are my dearly beloved son because you're the son of my womb, son of my vows. So what do you really need to know? Verse 3, do not give your strength to women or your ways to that which destroys kings. Do not give your strength to women, which is also synonymous with that which destroys kings. She means that when kings indulge themselves with many women and women of ill repute, immoral women, immodest women, women who are in it just for their own wealth, their own pleasures and things like that, the kings should not be indulging with women like that, interacting with women like that, because then their strength is given over to them and it will destroy them. Verse four, it is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to desire strong drink, lest they drink and forget what is decreed and pervert the rights of all the afflicted. She's saying here a warning in verses four and five, a warning for kings or, and of course, kings are men, for them not to indulge themselves in drinking alcohol. And I don't think that she is saying, don't drink any at all, but there is a severe, a great temptation for kings and for men to drink too much, and then they lose their senses. They lose their senses. They forget what is decreed and pervert the rights of all the afflicted. For the poor the weak, the downtrodden, who don't often receive justice, they're supposed to receive justice from a righteous king. But if he's drunk all the time, he can't use his mind to execute justice and righteousness in the land. Rather, verse 6, give strong drink to him who is perishing and wine to him whose life is bitter. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his trouble no more. If someone is going to drink, it ought to be someone who is about to die. Somebody who is about to die and needs to have a peaceful and calm departure from this world and into the next world. Today, this happens sometimes with the drugs that are given to those who are about to die, the elderly, to relieve the pain and the discomfort of their ailment before they pass away. Verse 8, open your mouth for the dumb, for the rights of all the unfortunate. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and defend the rights of the afflicted and needy. Verse 8, 
Verses eight and nine, open your mouth. Don't keep quiet when you know that injustice is taking place. Instead, open your mouth and do what's right. The dumb or the unfortunate. Dumb doesn't mean those who cannot, um, or those who are foolish people. We use that word today, but dumb here means those who are unable to speak, unable to speak up because they have no money, they have no lawyers, they have no people in influence and power. So the king should be interested in defending the needy, the afflicted and the poor. Verse 10, an excellent wife who can find for her worth is far above jewels. An excellent wife. This word excellent, it's not talking about excellent in beauty, excellent in skills, excellent in talents. That's not what the scripture means by that. Not that those other aspects or features of a woman or wife are bad things. Not necessarily are they um, meant right here. What is meant by an excellent wife is a virtuous wife, a wife who has good ethics, good morals, who is a spiritual wife. That's what an excellent wife means in this context. We'll see that as we can continue reading, but to ensure that we understand that that's what excellent wife means, let's look at Proverbs 12, 4. Proverbs 12, 4. Twelve four. An excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who shames him is as rottenness in his bones. You see how excellence is also compared to shaming her husband? She who shames him is as rottenness in his bones. It makes it clear that we're talking about her behavior, her ethics, her morality. That's in view. Another place to look is... Proverbs 19.14. Proverbs 19.14. House and wealth are an inheritance from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. A prudent wife. Another word for prudent wife is a wise wife. And wisdom is not uh, wisdom in worldly ways, but wisdom in godly ways. Godly wisdom is what's meant. And one more place. Keep your place here in Proverbs 31 and turn to the book of Ruth. The book of Ruth. Judges, Ruth, and then Samuel. That's the order. The book of Ruth. And this is a good study in and of itself, the whole book of Ruth. Remember, Ruth became a widow. She chose to go with Naomi, her mother-in-law, back to the land of Judah and wait and pray for a husband to remarry. And notice her behavior is already observed by all the townsmen. Ruth 2 and verse 12. 2 verse 12. This is a man. She's not married to him yet. His name is Boaz. Boaz tells her what everybody already knows of her while she's been living there in a very short time. It says, verse 12, 2.12, May the Lord reward your work 
And may your wages be full from the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to seek refuge. He blesses her and says, you have come to seek refuge. Now, he is a prominent man in the town. He notices her behavior and understands that she has sought refuge in the true God, the God of Israel. Then also go to chapter 3. Chapter 3, verse 11. 311. And we'll see our word shows up here. 311. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you whatever you ask. For all my people in the city know that you are a woman of excellence. All the people, all my people in the city know that you are a woman of excellence. Woman of excellence. Now, he says in verse 10 about her behavior. Then he said, May you be blessed of the Lord, my daughter. You have shown your last kindness to be better than the first by not going after young men, whether poor or rich. She could have remarried young men, whether poor or rich. And when women who don't have self-control just want to be married and they want to marry a young and handsome man, what do they do? They could just go marry one, whether poor or rich. They just want to get married and marry a, a poor um, a young and handsome man. But he's saying there, you didn't do that, and everybody knows you didn't do that, and everybody has uh, observed your godly behavior. All the people in the city have noticed it, and he calls her a woman of excellence. That's the same word here. All right, now, back to Proverbs 31 and verse 10. A woman of excellence, he says, or she says, her worth is far above jewels. Far above jewels. People love gold and silver. They love pearls. They love diamonds, right? But she, a woman of excellence, is of more value than jewels. Verse 11. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. If her husband trusts in her, and this is the godly woman, the woman of excellence, doesn't that mean she is trustworthy? That she's honest, she's diligent, she's reliable, and he, it says he will have no lack of gain. He knows that he has married a godly woman who will produce much fruit in the family, in the marriage, in the family, and in the church, in the community, that that's what will happen because he has such a woman as his wife. Further, verse 12, she does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She does him good and not evil. The Bible makes it clear in making an assertion she does good, not evil, to make it clear the opposite is not true. So why would she do him good because when she does him good, she's doing herself good. Why is that? Because Genesis 2, 24 to 25, or Genesis 2, 24 says, the man shall leave his father and his mother and cleave to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. They become one flesh. 
which is also explained in greater detail in Ephesians 5, 22 to 33. Ephesians 5, 22 to 33. This one flesh relationship is expanded upon there in Ephesians 5. Well, when she does him good, she's doing herself good, according to the one flesh truth of Scripture. She doesn't look at him with disdain. She doesn't look at him with hatred, look down on him, but she does him good because when, it, when it's to him, it's to her. And for how long? Verse 12, all the days of her life. Not only initially, not only on the wedding day or the, the first week after the wedding or for the first month or for the first year, all the days of her life. Yes, all the days. So she is consistent. She's consistent in her godliness throughout her life. We'll now see in verses 13 and following, 13 and following, 13 to 27. From 13 to 27, we'll see her industrious and diligent behavior. She's not lazy. She doesn't sit around wasting time, but she is very diligent, very hardworking in what she does. And this is not only to her benefit, but for the benefit of her husband, her family, and everyone else. Verse 13, she looks for wool and flax and works with her hands in delight. Wool and flax, flax in order also to make clothing and objects, works with her hands in delight. She uses her hands for good things. She is productive and she does it happily, not begrudgingly, but happily, in delight, she does it. She doesn't say, woe is me, I'm at home and I need to make these things. No, she happily does it, in delight she does it, because she knows that she's being diligent and she's going to benefit other people. Verse 14, she is like merchant's ships. She brings her food from afar. Merchant ships bring food from afar. And her attitude is also one of conquest or one of accomplishment. That is, it doesn't matter whether it's right next door, whether the market is next door or the market or the place where she's going to acquire things is far away. She's going to get it done. There's no obstacle that's too big for her. She doesn't say that it's impossible. She accomplishes whatever is necessary, even obtaining food from afar. Verse 15, she rises also while it is still night and gives food to her household and portions to her maidens. When it says still night, it means when it's still dark, such as these days, it's still dark at whatever, 5 or 6 a.m. She's not waking up at 10 a.m. or noon or 3 a.m., assuming a normal schedule uh, where people go to bed at night and wake up in the morning. She wakes up early, early enough to make provisions, food for her household and her maidens. When it says maidens, this assumes that she is a wealthy woman. So this means she's not a lazy wealthy woman, one who's always seeking after pleasure and luxury and going to parties all the time. Because she has maidens, 
This shows also that she has wealth because these maidens are slave, slave maidens, female slaves. She has them, but she's also making sure they have enough of provision. Her own family and her maidens, which means she's not exploiting them. She's kind and generous to them. She provides the necessary food that they need so that they can do their own housework all around the house and in the field, wherever the maidens are used. 16. She considers a field and buys it. From her earnings, she plants a vineyard. Considers a field and buys it. That is, she is looking for the acquisition of property so that she can be productive on that property. Verse 16, her, from her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She's not just buying fields to own a lot, a lot of land and to say, well, I am a landowner. I own acreage. She's not trying to just be like that. She's trying to use her acquisition of property to plant a vineyard so that she can be productive. If a vineyard is planted, she can have grapes and make grape juice and wine and whatever so that that can be used for her own household and also to sell it, which is good. She's being productive. Verse 17, she girds herself with strength and makes her arms strong. Girding herself with strength. So she's not weak. She's not feeble. She's pursuing those things that are strong and powerful that benefit herself and benefit others. She's not a woe is me kind of a woman. I don't have the necessary instruments. I don't have the wealth. I don't have the ideas. I don't have the people. I don't have the friends. I don't have the contacts. She's not thinking like that. She's thinking in terms of strength, in terms of what she can and will do. She makes her arms strong. Verse 18, she senses that her gain is good. Her lamp does not go out at night. She is so much in the frame of mind to be productive that she knows that whatever she does, it's going to have a good result. That good result, her gain is good, is that which prods her along, that which encourages her to continue. She knows it's going to benefit people and that, that's why she's so diligent to do this good work, it's hard for her to turn off the lamp at night and go to bed. That's how she is. She wants to keep on working and working. And I know many of us, we need to have our seven or eight hours of sleep. And others of us will only take three or four, maybe five or six. Whatever the case, when, it, when, it, when we are awake, are we using our time awake constructively or not? That's the main issue. Verse 19, what she makes with her wool and her flax. Verse 19, she stretches out her hands to the distaff and her hands grasp the spindle. This is speaking of weaving and making cloth. The distaff or the rod or the staff that's used 
to make, and then the spindle that's used for the thread and to make the clothing or the sheets or whatever it is that she's making. She herself does some of this work. It's not that she just assigns or allocates it for somebody else to do, like her maidens. She herself is doing it and helping the maidens probably. Verse 20, she extends her hand to the poor and she stretches out her hands to the needy. Though she has wealth, she knows others do not have it and she wants to help them. She finds those who need help and she helps them, the poor and the needy. Remember what we know in Scripture that helping the poor and needy is not filling their mouths while they sit at the table and let them just enjoy the things that we give to them. Helping the poor and needy means helping them be self-sufficient, helping them understand that they, they themselves need to work hard. They themselves need to learn a skill so that they can provide for their own mouth and for the, their own household. That's what it means for her to extend her hand and to stretch out her hands to the needy. Not merely giving them a meal without them working, but helping them to be diligent, constructive, hardworking themselves to lift themselves out of poverty. Verse 21. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. In the winter season, in the snow season, she has no fear. This is not in the day and age of central heat or even portable heat because they would have to rely on fireplaces and stoves to keep themselves warm. But also outside, they don't have all the luxuries that we have today, like driving in cars. They need to make sure that their heads covered, their bodies are covered properly to be able to manage in the cold season. But she's not afraid of that season because in the summer season, she's been working hard to make these clothes so that her household is well-equipped to handle the cold. It says clothed with scarlet. It may be with scarlet because scarlet, the dark red color and dark clothing is more beneficial in the winter and light clothing in the summer, right? Light clothing repels the heat of the sun in the summer, but dark clothing is better and more necessary in the winter so that it retains our heat, body heat, and not uh, even in the sunlight. The sunlight, when we are in the winter sun and we're wearing dark clothing, that's better for us than light clothing. 22, she makes coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. She has become so productive and so wealthy based on her diligence that she even has fine linen and purple. She just isn't clothed and her household isn't clothed with torn and tattered clothing, rough and mean clothing, but they also have enough to have fine linen and purple. Purple being worn as a favorite color for nobility and royalty to wear. She's able even to make this kind of clothing. 
Verse 23, her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. Her husband is known in the gates. In the gates, the gates of the town was the place where the law courts were held. That's the place where transactions, contracts were conducted there at the gate of the city. Or whenever there was a criminal matter that needed to be handled, that would be handled in the gates of the city. One example is Ruth chapter 4, verse 1, when Boaz wanted to marry Ruth and he needed to establish who was going to marry her, who was going to own what land and whether any land would be jeopardized because of his marriage to her, he went to the gates and he talked to the other men and they all discussed the matter and then they settled the matter with witnesses there at the gates. Well, this husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. Why is he known there? It's not just that he is known by name. It means he is known by reputation. When he's seated there, based on the reputation of his household, because of his wife, everybody respects him. Everybody looks up to him. When he says something, obviously also based on his own character, but his own character is buttressed, fortified by his wife's character and his household's character, that there is respect at the city gate whenever important matters are discussed. 24. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies belts to the tradesmen. In this case, she has an oversupply, an abundance of what's needed in the household. Now she has more than enough to be able to sell them to others, which is a good thing. It's a good thing to be so productive that you have a surplus and are able to sell to others who don't have them. And in this case, it's also to the tradesmen, to the merchants. Go to the market and say, listen, I have these 10 garments. I have these 10 quilts. I have these 10 uh, gloves, pairs of gloves. I'd like to sell them to you. And then the tradesman in the market will say, okay, I'll give you such and such money for it. And you say yes or no. He gives it to you. You take away, take the money. And then he goes and sells it to whoever comes to the marketplace at a higher price. And he makes a profit. You made a profit and everybody benefits. And the buyers, they benefit because now they have gloves for the winter. Now they have coats for the winter, right? This is the way it should be. 25. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she smiles at the future. Strength and dignity are her clothing. Clothing, how in the world do people wear strength and dignity? Well, he's talking about it metaphorically. Yes, women are often known by what they wear, but in this case, what's better than what they wear in the sense of real clothing? is what they wear with their virtues, their morality, their ethics, strength and dignity. It's better to be clothed with those attributes than to be so preoccupied about what you're wearing for your blouse or your skirt or whatever. That's not as important as whether you have godly virtues. And because of this, she's able to smile at the future. 
to know that her future is secure, secure in God, and even secure in the physical sense. 26, she opens her mouth in wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Whatever wisdom and kindness or love she knows, she spreads that abroad. She helps others to know the right way, the way of wisdom and the way of love and kindness, the love and kindness of God. She's a teacher. She doesn't keep the truth to herself, but she teaches the truth to others because others need to know. Sometimes this happens because we understand this happens because of our own background. Our own background, some of us have a more troubled background than others do. But those of us who have a more troubled background, we understand how valuable the wisdom of God is. And that's why we want to tell others before they experience the same troubles that we experienced. That's the kind of concern and love we should have for others. And if we don't have that troubled background, still, we should thank God that we didn't have it and warn others because we know some have had it and still warn others and say, listen, I, in my own life, I, I did not experience what co- people do commonly experience and I'm thankful to God. And on that basis even, I want to tell you, this is the way of the Lord. Walk in his ways. 27. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. In a way, verse 27 is a summary of what we've just studied. Verse 27 is a bit of a summary. She's looking well to the ways of her household, both spiritually and physically, and she does not eat the bread of idleness. The bread of idleness is the opposite of the bread of diligence, the, dead, uh, the bread of productivity. It's the opposite. Either we are idle, we are lazy, we're busybodies going around here and there, um, talking and gossiping and doing things like that, or we are diligent, we are productive, and being a benefit to others instead of bringing down other people by our behavior 28, who notices? Her children rise up and bless her, her husband also, and he praises her. Her children and her husband, who are the closest of all eyewitnesses, right? Her children and her husband will be the most observant and the closest of all eyewitnesses. And when they see her, they will bless her and praise her. Bless and praise, synonyms of the same. And what do they say when they bless her? 29. This is what they say. Many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. Many daughters have done nobly. Nobly meaning in a godly way. Noble-minded beliefs, noble-minded behavior. But you excel them all. They see what they have in their own wife and mother and they say that they have seen what's out there in the world and they say, you excel them all. You're better than anybody that we've seen. That's the kind of 
praise or blessing they pronounce on their wife and mother. You excel them all. And excel, just like it started in verse 10, an excellent wife who can find. 30 and 31. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Charm. We meet charming people, right? We meet beautiful people, right? But charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. It doesn't mean women and men should be uncharming and ugly. It's not saying that. But on the other hand, people put stock in, they put their confidence in charm and beauty when all of that's vain. It's all vain because it doesn't last forever. We're all going to die. If we're all going to die, what's not going to die? Our soul and the benefits that we reap now for the life to come. Correct? So what we do for our soul is of greater value than what we do for our body. It's vain compared to the life to come. Well, what kind of a woman understands this and is not preoccupied by charm and beauty? A woman who fears the Lord. She shall be praised. A woman who fears the Lord. The fear of God. The book of Proverbs started this way in chapter 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 1, 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. The way the book started is the way the book ends. Teaching us how to fear God, which the whole book of Proverbs does that. How to fear God with our mind, how to fear God with our mouth, how to to fear God with our movement, thought, word, and deed. That's what the book of Proverbs teaches us, the true way to fear God. And when a woman fears God, she shall be praised with a true praise, with a true blessing, with a true acknowledgement of her worth, her eternal worth. 31. Give her the product of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. This is saying that there is a reward for her godliness. There is a reward. The product of her hands, her works will praise her in the gates, in the gates of the city. But also, the gates of the city on the earth are just a temporary reflection of the gates of heaven where the judge of heaven sits and he awaits to receive us into heaven. Correct? And that's the time when God will say, well done, good and faithful slave. Um, Matthew 25, 21. Well done, good and faithful slave. God will one, one day say that to us We who are faithful to him. That's when our praise, ultimate praise will come. And we should be seeking for that. Fearing the Lord and awaiting that day. 
This is the excellent wife, and this is the rare excellent wife. Verse 10, an excellent wife, who can find? It's hard to find that excellent wife. They are rare. It's hard to find them. They are just like jewels are rare. It's easy to find the common rocks, right? We can go outside of the house, go to our backyard, go to any place and find a common rock. But where are we going to find the precious rocks, these jewels? They are very, very hard to find. In the same way is a godly, virtuous wife. This is what is necessary. This is what God teaches us is necessary. Our daughters and and um, our, our sisters, they need to be like this. And men, godly men, need to look for women like this. And for those who say, well, this is just focused on the women. We've already addressed that. Well, this is the mother of the king saying, this is the kind of woman you need to find. But also we know in other places in Scripture, God tells us what the men are supposed to be like. In fact, the whole book of Proverbs talks about how men are supposed to be, as well as the women. It's not as though the Bible is devoid of instruction on what a godly man should be. In either case, in both cases, godliness should be the pursuit. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says. Amen.